now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ryan Horvath, Nick Ashew. Uh, we got our first play in court reaction from Ryan here. Yeah, I don't the know. Pacers and Cavs. What would you say to describe the court the Pacers and Cavs are playing on right now? It's like, you know when... Um, you have to play in one of those all-day tournaments. If you play like <laughs> yeah. AAU or, yep. or like in grade school and you have to go to like a field house, not even somebody's gym, and the floor sucks, the rims are always too tight, and there's like um, there's just like a screen and there's another court, and there's like another game going on. That's what that reminds me of. It's like multi-use. There's like volleyball there. They're doing like field hockey. I don't know that I like it, Nick. Maybe I'm old. Maybe I'm get-off-my-lawn guy like Clint Eastwood, but... Um, it's very bright. Like it hurts my eyeballs. Yeah. So for anybody not watching it right now, which cool. I'm sure there's like I would like my aren't. sneakers to look like that when I go jogging at night. Maybe it's a it's a it's a it's a kind of babyish blue Carolina blue almost floor with a yellow stripe going from baseline to baseline, and in the center it's the trophy for the play-in tournament with Indy written across it. In I guess what you'd kind of describe as like SpongeBob cartoon drawn little kid letters. Yeah, I, I, that's that's the best way to describe it. Now, I never said every court was good. I haven't seen this one. Uh, obviously, this is the first one we've seen on a big screen. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot for the eyes. I got to be honest with you. And the Pacers also have those uh, City Edition jerseys. All of them ugly, by the way. Yeah. Every single one of them that's new. There's some original, like, ones that have been there before. Those are okay. But, like, my God, the, most of the Nike City Edition jerseys this year are so horrible. Stick with the ones that are good. We don't need new ones every single year. But I still like to play in tournament. I'm with that, and I'm good. All right. Let's bring in Bill Bender, Sporting News. We don't have to talk about uh, courts, I promise with you, buddy. We don't have to even think about what we're seeing right now in this Pacers-Cavs game. We do have to think about what's going on in Michigan, though. We got some breaking news, according to Dan Wetzel. Michigan has fired recruiting analyst Connor Stallions after this whole sign-stealing situation. What do you make of this latest development and really just the big picture of everything that's going on right now? Well, I mean, this shows that obviously something which we've all seen for the last two weeks went on that wasn't right. And, uh, you know, it'll probably go to Jim Harbaugh next. And you're reading the reports that I think, and I've kind of stuck with this company line the last couple of days that, you know, I kind of believe that that's what's next. That Jim Harbaugh may get a couple game suspension and that will satisfy that for now. We all know how super speedy the NCAA is, and that may come over the summer. And, there you have it. That's the compromise. Now, is that enough for some people? Probably not, but that's probably what's going to happen. And if Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti decides to do something with Jim Harbaugh, but Connor Steins, I don't think any of us here, between the three of us, none of us are surprised by that, right? No, no, mm-hmm. not at all. Do you no. think this becomes a distraction or maybe Michigan? Because here's the thing, like if Michigan runs the table and they beat Ohio State and if they beat Penn State, they're going to the college football playoff unless, you know, the committee steps in, unless there's a punishment. Like you said, I mean, if anything, it's probably going to be a suspension for Harbaugh, who might take off and leave for the National Football League anyway this summer. So what do you think ends up happening here with Michigan? Just just nothing at all? Maybe like, you know, just wait and see next year and they still get into the playoff if they run the table? Or maybe there is a punishment this year? I think it's the, the first thing, you know, that maybe they – they could do it later, but unless, again, the NCAA, if they throw something at Michigan, Michigan has 90 days to respond. Right. I, I don't have a calendar in front of me. I think 90s <laughs> after January. Sorry, my head's spinning during the season. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, is that 90 days to January 11th? Right. Um, 
no, so I think they wouldn't face it there. I'm, I'm with you guys on that. Um, and there's no guarantee they win the Big Ten championship. They still got to go to Penn State. They still got to beat Ohio State. Now, you asked about a distraction. Yeah. They didn't look distracted against Michigan State. And I don't think they'll be distracted tomorrow night. I think it'll come down to, you know, a lot of buildup. And, man, that Ohio State-Michigan game is going to have a lot on the line for a lot of people. Bill, if you had to make a prediction, is Jim Harbaugh back at Michigan next year, yes or no? Yes. Really? And I, hmm. because a couple reasons. One, I don't think the NFL's touching him. And I think that if he does the suspension that might come from this and they sign an extension and they get through that part and he maintains what he said at the top where he said, I had no direct knowledge or, you know, the plausible deniability phrases that we all watch all the lawyer shows. Um, that I think he'll sign an extension and, and fight through it and stay. And and part of that is, you know, where's the logical landing spot in the NFL? We can link him to the Raiders or the Chargers or wherever. There's no guarantee. I, I would have thought that an NFL team would have taken him by now. He hasn't coached in the NFL since 2014. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has been a while. When you look at the college football rankings, obviously Ohio State has a really impressive schedule because they have the win over Penn State. They have the road win over Notre Dame. Do you have any issue, though, with Georgia number two? I mean, they've won back-to-back national championships, but they haven't really played anybody. Their schedule's about to get a little bit tougher. But do you have any issue, not only, I guess, with Georgia at two, but anybody in the top four uh, here are the first uh, rankings? Uh, buzz phrases, right? Like, so... Ohio State's the ultimate resume team. They have the best resume. They have two big wins. I had no problem with them being number one with the Penn State win, the Notre Dame win. But they've won ugly at times, right? Yeah. Georgia. Georgia's the body of work team. And uh, they've, they've won all these games in a row. I think it's the best thing in the world for them heading into Mizzou that Kirby can tell them for three days that, hey, nobody believes in you. You guys are number two. Yep. Yeah, we're the underdog now. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And then Michigan, I mean, they demolished everybody they played. So I had really no problem had they put any one of those three teams number one. And then I actually think the committee, we never give people props for doing a good job. They stacked up that top ten pretty good. What do you think ends up happening if, you know, because Ohio State and Michigan, if both teams run the table until they meet, and let's say Michigan beats Ohio State in a really close game, 20-17, to 17, you know, I just I wonder, you know, if if there's a one loss Ohio State team because they are number one and because they do have the win over Notre Dame and Penn State and even some good road wins against Wisconsin and Purdue. Um, you know, would a one loss Ohio State team get into the college football playoff because of that resume? You know, if you have an undefeated Washington team or a one loss Oregon team, a one loss Texas team, that's just what I wonder. You know, is is there a chance that that happens? There is. I, yeah, if you lose that game, which want, somebody has to lose the Ohio State-Michigan game, they, it would be a similar scenario to last year where they might need a little bit of help, but they got in last year because yeah. they, they would maybe need, depending on how Oregon and Washington do down the stretch, they would probably have to root for one of those teams. And then depending on you know tomorrow, honestly, there's a scenario where you know, I kind of like Kansas State against Texas. And you know Oklahoma's stepping into hostile territory down there at Oklahoma State. And Ollie Gordon's been on fire with yep. 214 rushing yards a game the last four weeks. So the Big 12 could get eliminated tomorrow. And that's the type of thing you look at if, if you're the loser of that Ohio State-Michigan game. You want these other conferences to kind of cannibalize themselves.
Yeah, that's that's what I've been saying, especially with the Big 12. I feel like they could be the team that gets screwed. Them or eight, maybe even Florida State. I mean, just because if you look at the rest of the top 25 rankings, you have what only uh, one other team from the ACC. You have Louisville uh, in the top 25 right now. I just worry about their strength of schedule. Even though they have the non-conference win over LSU, I think that um, that's why I kind of thought Florida State kind of got hosed. Maybe they should be two or three. What do you think about this Alabama LSU game? I feel like if LSU wins, Jaden Daniels becomes the front runner for Heisman. If Alabama wins, you know, and they could sneak into the SEC championship game with one loss. Man, I kind of like them. They're getting right at the right time. Who do you like this weekend though? Alabama LSU with Alabama now a three point favorite in that game. What you're saying is we threw dirt on Alabama's grave a little early. Uh, I I think we all did. Right. And they could easily win this game tomorrow. They have the second best pass efficiency defense in the SEC. It is Jaden Daniels game. That's where the focus is. Uh, the last LSU quarterback that went down to Tuscaloosa and won was Joe Burrow, and he was magnificent. And if you look, and we have a story coming from Chrissy Freud over at Sporting News about if you look at your thought, she was telling me, hey, Jaden Daniels' numbers are similar to Burrow's. And I was like, get out of here. And then I looked at him. And she's not wrong. So, I mean, yeah, if he wins that game tomorrow and plays well and does the things he did against the Crimson Tide last year, then there is a very good chance he would be the Heisman front runner on Monday. Bill, let's look a little more at that game tomorrow, LSU-Alabama. And we obviously know what, what those games mean every year for those two teams, but there's certainly more on the line with Heisman and Alabama still trying to sneak their way into college football playoff, all those things. We look at an Alabama defense that is just, it's tough. It's tough to get through them. They're stingy. And then there's the LSU offense. Which one do you give the advantage to? The LSU offense or the Alabama defense? (laughs) I mean, it's strength on strength to the T, right? Yeah, yeah. LSU on the outside. I think the most fascinating part of that matchup to me is the uh, secondary versus the receivers. And I love watching good receivers, and LSU has them. Malik Neighbors is awesome. Then, you know, you look at Caleb Downs for Alabama, the brother of Josh Downs, who's having such a great year. And how does Dallas Turner disrupt everything? Because where Jaden Daniels can get you with his legs. So are they going to spy Dallas Turner on him? Are they going to spy another linebacker on him? And how does that pan out? And those are kind of the games within the game of that that I'm looking forward to watch. It's so weird that you mentioned that, and then you go to the other side, and Alabama's offense has struggled, and LSU's had games where they can't tackle anybody. Um that could be a shootout. I'm kind of looking at that over. That over could be uh, very enticing tomorrow. Okay, so that's exactly where I was going to go with you. 61 and a half. You would take the over on that then? More comfortable there? Get in at 61. Oh, I'd be right on it. Because like, the score that popped in my head was like 35-28 either Ooh. way. And uh, they get up and down a little bit. And that might be a little the, – the higher the score gets, obviously, this is an obvious point, but that's favoring LSU. If yeah. they can keep that around 28-24 – you tell me the final score is 28-24, I'd say Alabama won. All right, I'm going to give you a trick one then because I'm going to go to Iowa Northwestern, which I bet oh, you, dear. Bill, you probably thought I was going to take you to the big matchups this weekend, <laughs> but instead we're going to Wrigley Field where the totals actually came up a little bit, and it's 30-and-a-half. Oh. Iowa's a five-point favorite. Oh, Northwestern's been really impressive, especially on the defensive side of the ball after what happened with Pat Fitzgerald, obviously. Um, a lot of people fading them coming into the season. They've won some big games. What would you do not only with the side who wins this game, but just with this total at 30 and a half? Is that too low or, you know, would you, would you have to take the under here, even at 30 and a half between Iowa and Northwestern this week, Bill? Well, Northwestern scored a little bit. Yeah. I, I would lean towards the over 
because it's so low and yeah. so tempting. And I know Iowa games are rock fights. I understand all that. But, I mean, doesn't that feel at least like they could get to a 21-17 for you? And uh, get, having a dramatic finish, that Iowa defense is very good. And I've been impressed with Northwestern, all things considered. Braun has made a really good case to be the head coach for them next season. Yeah, I completely agree. I think what's going to end up happening is Brian, now that he's out, I think they should just go all trickery. Flea flickers, you know what I mean? Like, just wide receiver reverses, things we haven't seen in a while. What about Washington-USC? It seems so easy just to grab the Huskies. They're only three-point favorites. They haven't played really well since beating Oregon, though. Uh, a couple close games now, and the total in that one's 77.5. Who do you like there? Well, well, this might be foolish, but I... I... I like the the Trojans in the Coliseum in a shootout. I haven't been impressed with Washington the last two weeks. I think neither one of those teams can stop the run, and it's the opposite of Northwestern Iowa where one or two plays can make the difference in that game. This one, it's anybody's game when you get to 40. And and I think there's an extra layer in this game of Caleb Williams and the NFL draft, and Michael Penix is on the other sideline, and you know he's going to get talked about in the NFL draft. I just think USC's offense is going to be at best tomorrow. Defense, I don't know. So it really feels like 45-41, great game, highly entertaining, frustrating if you like defense. But they haven't played in the Coliseum since 15. So I think USC could win that game tomorrow. What about Florida State-Pitt? I mean, I know Pitt's terrible, and I understand, like, we look at Florida State, and this is a team that's competing to get in the college football playoff. But is there any chance here, as I bring up the uh, the total in this game, or the spread right now in this, of course, you got to go through every other Florida but that. Yeah, so Florida State's still at minus 21.5. Comfortable they cover by three touchdowns there? I got, I got Pitt covering. I can't okay. believe I'm doing this. Wow. It, it's, a, it's a pride game for them, right? They're at home. They just got destroyed. Their offense is bad. Florida State looked rough on a couple road games. I know they looked good last week, and they got the running game going. But ACC, sometimes it gets wacky. So I'm kind of comfortable with Pitt. And if I'm going to get that many points at home, weather's going to be cold. It's cold. I'm up in that part of the country, by the way, right now. It's, it's pretty cold. Yeah. So, and, and I know Florida teams, when they come up in the cold, it's weird for a minute. So I'll – I'll give the Panthers the benefit of the doubt if they don't turn the ball over. It's one impressive thing about the Seminoles. In the SE, or the ACC play, six games, they only had two turnovers. Uh, so they're, they're really good at protecting the football. But that is a lot of points for a road game. Uh, Bill, we got about 30 seconds. Missouri, Georgia, any chance Missouri gives them a fight? Or do you think now that Georgia's kind of stepping up in class and Kirby has the excuse, hey, we're not number one, they're disrespecting right. us. They're, they're trying to say we're a seven-win team. You think that uh, Georgia rolls here? I do, but I think the good chance for a backdoor cover. If they can protect Cook and he can get the ball off the burden a little bit and they run the football, I think they cover that big number and make it respectable. This is a big statement game for Mizzou. I think they hang around for a little bit. There you go. Bill Bender, Sporting News. Love talking to you, buddy. Thanks, Thanks, so Thanks much, for Bill. coming on. Hey, you guys are great. Thanks so much. Take care. Have, has your opinion at all watching this change? Do you like the court a little more for the Pacers? The only reason I – Continue to remember it's even on is because every time I look up, I'm like, oh, what the hell is that? <laughs> blinded by the light. Blinded by the light. It's before your time, Luke. Dude, a Missouri backdoor cover, that sounds uh, phenomenal. I'm, I'm on Georgia. You're on Missouri? I don't know. I've been I just looking feel like at it Kirby, all week. This is what Kirby needed. Number two, they're disrespecting us. Go out there and make a statement. What could the ceiling be for Victor Wembenyama, and how much could the prop market balloon this season for him? We'll look at that next. Bet MGM the night. 
We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. 